Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here, and I have the honor of having Mr. David Cohen here. How are you doing, my brother? I am good. Thank you for having me. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I, I see we got the same color. Uh, yeah. We got the memo. So here's the deal, guys. In true Construct Your Life fashion, we've only DM'd a couple times. I don't really know uh, this gentleman that well, so we're going to hear about him together. So David, I'll let you start wherever you want to and, and kind of tell us about what you're doing and your journey. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, as Austin said, you know, my name is David Cohen. I, uh, I was, I got into real estate and, and just in general, as a, as, a, as a, you know, as a human being, I, I was raised by a single mother, right, uh, who was in the mortgage business. Um, father, you know, kind of went to prison when I was three years old. Um, and it got to a point where it's just like, you know, mom, mom was just sick and tired of making up lies, you know, to us of, of where, where pops is. And, um, they ended up getting a divorce really early. So, uh, I, you know, I was raised by a single super hardworking mother. Um, you know, at the time she was a loan officer, we're talking about in the nineties, right. Where, where all you needed to pre-qualify for something was a piece of paper that says, I want to buy a house, right. Versus, versus today extremely uh yeah. extremely harder but um raised by a single mother in the san fernando valley which is a small uh pocket in los angeles from california um she at, while doing that you know we were in school i'm 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 an older brother to to one sister and and that's it so it was two kids uh, growing up you know life was pretty easy to say the least. I mean, my mother was, was very successful at the time. Um, and, uh, she wasn't the best at saving money though. Right. Mm -hmm. She, she made tons of money, but we would do, you know, the most random thing, go on trips all the time and just whatever we wanted, you know, she would, she would purchase. So, uh, as things uh, got harder in, in the, in the mortgage world, you know, like breaking into the 2010s and, and, and later just in real estate in general, things started to slow down for her. Um, but, Rewinding a little bit, uh, you know, I grew up in San Fernando Valley, just different, you know, different high schools. I bounced around to a few high schools. I was a nationally ranked basketball player, um, you know, growing up as a kid. Uh, so that was that was my thing. Um, you know, I, I was born into a real estate family. So my uncle, my grandmother, uh, my, my uncle and my grandmother were residential real estate agents, big residential real estate agents in Los Angeles. And my mother being a, being a more mortgage broker. So, you know, it just used to go full circle between the, the three of them. Um, you know, I, maybe as I finished high school, I went overseas uh, to Israel, actually try to play some basketball, um, ended up playing professionally for like two years. This was actually during high school. So maybe 17 years old, I upped and left in the middle of school. Uh, and over there, the way it works when you're still in school, you go live in your, in your school. And then the team, whatever, will pick you up and, you know, send you back and forth. Uh, it, it got a little much for me. My dad was when he my dad got out of prison in 2000. And so he went to prison in 1994. 
um, got out of prison in 2002. But the only reason he got out was because it was kind of like a choice, you know, hey, you're going to you're going to stay here or, you know, we're going to take your your green card and you're going to go back. Right. So he obviously is like, I'm going back. So my dad's been living in Israel pretty much all my life, um, pretty much all my life. And and being out there with him, it, it, it was cool. But, you know, it just after about a year, it, it becomes a little much. Right. You're so used to growing up where you're where you have friends and where, you know, people and. No, I'm I'm like, hey, I want to be successful in Los Angeles. I don't I don't want to be successful in uh in in Israel or, or wherever it may be, just simply because you have people you know that you know and 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 it's what you know. Um always uh I was never a bad kid. I was never a troublemaker. Um, you know, as I as I tapped into maybe like 16, 17 years old when I came back, you know, just playing a lot of basketball, smoking a lot of weed. Um, you know what I mean? Just, just, and, and again, not, not, not a troublemaker, not saying that, any, you know, anyone who smokes weed is, I don't anymore, but it, but it just, it, that was my life, right? Hanging out with waiting until four o'clock hits so I can run out of the door with my paycheck and just, you know, spend it on, on having fun and, and with friends and, and partying and, and whatnot. That was really, uh, that was really my life for a long time. Um, it was really my life for a long time and until, you know, slowly, slowly you grow up, but it was, uh, you know, for me, there to say there's one changing moment would, would be, would be inaccurate. There was a ton, you know, and it kind of life just unfolded as I just went about it. I mean, there was, you know, there was no day when I just, you know, everything clicked and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, that now, now all of a sudden, you know, a multimillion dollar, uh, real estate broker or anything like that. It, it just, everything that I've accomplished literally happened just on its own, you know? And, and I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a big thing in life, right? Too many people are focused on, okay, how do I do this? And how do I do that? Not knowing if you just put the work in, you know, it, it, everything will unravel as, as in, as it should, right? Because not until you get a little bit older, you know, you, do you realize like that's life, you know, as long as you work hard and you, you have faith and you're a good person, Good things are bound to happen. The timing, however, is you know not up to you. But you, some people get frustrated with that, and some people understand that uh, that everything you know, everything positive and impactful does happen in, in due time. One of my favorite lines is the universe is undefeated. It really she, is. You, you know, she, it really she always is. wins. Yeah, so she always does. So you came back from Israel, and you were done. I guess playing basketball. Did you get into real estate right then? You know, I called my mother one night. Uh, I called my mother one night. I was over there after the season started. After the season ended, I started just partying. And I have tons of cousins there, right? So you start partying. You start drinking every night. And, and my life was uh, headed south real fast, really, really fast. Um, I remember calling my mother one day. And I told her, hey, I want to come back. And she's like, if you come back, you're going to work for your uncle. So, okay. At that point I didn't care. Right. I came back. Um, and then, and then my real estate world started at the time. My uncle was, uh, doing REOs, right? This is like 2009, the crash. Um, he's doing REOs. Uh, there was, and at, and at this point in, in California, there wasn't there, at least in Los Angeles, there was only like maybe, uh, three agents that, that held like large accounts. Right. So mm -hmm. these banks would, would feed them these REOs. And then we would, you know, do whatever we have to do, evict them, cash for keys, uh, you know, get bids, um, you know, 
fix up the place or whatever the bank would would want and then obviously submit those invoices to the bank and you get reimbursed right so you 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 put out this money and then it it come back it comes back later but that's what i i was i was literally just a runner you know my job was to drive from property to property to property um you know rekey doors take pictures uh literally every day so i, I wasn't really I wasn't really doing anything how old were uh, you i was I was about 17 years old. Okay. 18 years old. Yeah, this so, was this was one year. So at the time you go from I'm playing basketball and I'm somebody who can hoop to I'm just taking pictures and running stuff. I'm sure like that was an interesting ego check. You know it was, but I was still in I was still in a young mindset. So for me it was like you know, I'll do whatever I got to do to get 500 bucks on Friday to go hang out with my friends on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And my pay and my paycheck, you know, it's un, my paychecks were, were were by Monday they're gone, you know. <laughs> but but I'm living I'm living with with uh, you know I'm living with my parents I'm living with my parents at the, with my mom at least time and so it doesn't matter right for me, for me to not have any money from 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 Tuesday sure. till till Friday it didn't really it didn't really impact me you know yeah um it it it. it it, it it was just that you know I didn't care about anything but but getting that Friday paycheck. I was going to work simply because because it was cool to you know to make money at that time. Um, you know, five hundred dollars a week seemed like the world to me. Hundred you know percent. I mean? And so you're doing that for a while. Did you did you ever go on from there to do something different for them, or was that kind of what you did for quite a while? Uh, you know, I did. I did not have a real estate license yet. Uh, my grandmother is a very super business minded, super successful agent, right? Um, wasn't born in America, right? Speaks five languages. Um, and she was doing, you know, when she came here and she got a real estate license, she, she, she was just extremely successful and, and real estate was her thing. So she, because being so, you know, her being so business minded, it's like, Hey, David, you're 18. You got to get your license when you're 18. Now, you know, do it now, do it now, do it now. I did not simply because I was just, you know, my, my interest was, again, just doing other stuff, real estate, or or at least, I, it, I wouldn't even call it real estate. My my job at the time was just funding my habits, you know, mm-hmm. my, my of hanging out with, with friends and stuff. Um, I started, I started slowly, slowly working my way up, not into an agent, well, just taking up on more responsibility, you know, ended up being like the, the account manager for for the banks for my uncle. So I would just handle everything from that point. And I ended up not being the driver to have basically, you know, to, to overseeing the drop, the person who's driving and taking pictures and whatnot, um, different places. So, uh, you know, some would call it a step up. It was really nothing. My, my income didn't change whatsoever. You know, when you're working for family, shit always travels downhill. So it's like, you know, it, it got to a point Austin where I was just like, uh, I made up a lie. I made up a lie to my uncle because I didn't know how to get out of there. Right. I'm not, with, without being disrespectful. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to go back to school. Um, I, you know, fast forward to today. I I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure he knew I was bullshitting him, but, uh, you know, he, he was like, all right. So I went ahead and, and did nothing for, for six, seven months. I, I was okay. in a previous, I was in a previous relationship. Um, it was horrible. I, uh, you know, I was just depleting my, my savings of, nothing which was like seven grand maybe sure. um, you know slowly slowly just depleting depleting and and it's just 
simply because I was just sick and tired of, of, of working for my uncle, you know? Um, I, I'm probably like 20 years old at this time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just being a kid, doing the same stuff. And I, I remember uh, as my, my income was depleting, I'd gone through a breakup and it, and it really just messed me up, you know? Messed me up real bad. And, and, uh, and I was just depressed. And, and it got to a point where like, you know, I just woke up one day and I thought to myself, this, this isn't you. You know what I mean? This isn't you. It's not like, uh, you know, knock on wood, you know, my family struggled our, all their life and, you know, we're, we're, we were low income family and, and, you know, things were really hard. It wasn't, it wasn't like that for me. And, and that's not what I saw people around me doing. Right. So I, I, I told myself, you know, you got to get it together. Now, mind you, at this point, I have no idea whatsoever that you can sell a building the same way you sell a home. No idea what commercial real estate is. You know, I, obviously you drive by, you see buildings, apartment buildings, retail spaces, but I didn't know, you know, you can, it's a real, you, someone owns that and you can sell it. I had no, no clue whatsoever. Um, and I went on Craigslist and I just started submitting my, my resume to anything that said cold caller or junior agent or real estate assistant. Um, and I had got a, I had got a call from a company by the name of Marcus and Milchap. Um, Marcus and Milchap is probably one of the biggest broker, biggest commercial real estate brokerages in the country. Uh, and went to this interview. And at this time I was interviewing for a, uh, a really big fish uh, in, in, over there, right. As, as like a junior agent. And I remember walking into this, into this company everybody's just uh it, it was like an it was like uh watching like the boiler room you know or or uh or like just wolf of wall street you know all everybody like ex-athletes you know suit, suit and tie just a, a, a open area full of cubicles and phones just going testosterone flying everywhere um you know people yelling and and and, and it uh you know i was like oh what did i get myself in for um but I just remember, I've never witnessed anything like that at, at the time, right? Every, every my, my uncle, uh, you know, is extremely successful, but he's like super laid back, you know, dre- dre- where's what he wants when he wants. He, he's, he's also a life coach. Um, so it's like, you know, it's beyond the material things for him. And he, and, uh, he you know, he, he's done some pretty, pretty crazy stuff. He used to be very materialistic, but he's done some pretty crazy, um, like, let's say life-changing trips and stuff with his life coach that, that really changed his mindset, right? Um, so I, I came from such a laid back environment, um, even though everybody was so successful that, uh, that, that really like, you know, I took a step back and I was like, okay, this is a, you know, commercial real estate, at least if this, this is what it is. And this is all I know of it. It's, it's a different beast, right? These guys are, 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 are sharks. Um, and I, I, I aced the interview, you know, I aced it. I, uh, I walked out of there, felt confident. And as I was leaving, I had got a call from, uh, from a gentleman uh, by the name of Henry Garcia, I, his assistant actually called me, and, and Henry was uh, a, a big time agent, a big time broker, commercial real estate broker, but he did not work at a Marcus Milchap. Henry worked for Keller Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, in Keller Williams, right? You, 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 it's, it's Keller Williams. First of all, it's the biggest real estate company in the world by by, by agent count alone, right? Um, Keller Williams has a subdivision called Keller Williams Commercial, so. It's, it's, you know, a bunch of commercial, commercial agents. And his, I remember his assistant calling me and, you know, asking me if I'd be willing to come in for an interview. I felt so good about 
the previous interview with Marcus and Milichap that I was, you know, I was about to, uh, I was about to just say no, literally just say no. And my mother was driving at the time and she's like, are you crazy? You know, to say yes, you, you don't know what's going to come from, from any opportunity, right? Don't leave any, any stone unturned. Um, so I said, yeah. And, and, and turns out, uh, I went to this interview. It was, it was great. It happened to be my, it happened to be my uncle's birthday. It was May 16th. Um, and it was Friday night and I ended up going to the club, uh, for my uncle's birthday and in walks Mr. Henry Garcia, you know, no, no idea. They know each other, you know, no idea. They knew of each other, nothing. Um, night went great. You know, he didn't say anything about anything, but it's just like, Oh, he's my, you know, Marty, my uncle, his name is Marty. He's like, this is my nephew. And he's like, Oh, I just interviewed him next day. I guess my uncle might've put in some word or whatever, you know, and he, and he texted me that congratulations, you, you know, you got a new job. So that was the beginning of the rest of my life. Um, that, that was literally the, the beginning of the rest of my life. Um, my job was to show up and make cold calls in Koreatown. Koreatown is in, you know, close to downtown Los Angeles, uh, obviously he- heavy Korean population, right? Lots of older buildings, brick buildings, um, trophy properties, uh, and that was my area. It was, it was literally just that now still don't have a license at the time, right? My grandmother's pushing me to get a license and I just keep paying $35 to renew it and extend it and extend it and extend it and pick a different day and not show up or, or, um, you know, just, I kept pushing it off basically. And I would start to make these calls. I didn't do a deal for a year to the point where he fired me basically fired me, you know, came to me and said, Hey, um, it's about time you get off salary because he was also giving me, let's say like, uh, you know, money to just keep me afloat for gas and stuff. Um, but again, I didn't, I didn't really give a shit because I'm, I'm living, you know, with, with my mom, uh, you know, bills are paid. Uh, you know, it it was whatever. I was still taking that money and doing what I wanted on Friday and and coming back on, on Monday with, with, you know, $0 and waiting for that, that not doing anything on, anything until Friday again and make some more money um, and do it again. Uh, and, and, you know, he quit, I quit. And I went back to go work for my uncle. Uh, now my uncle sells homes. So I remember getting my first, I just leased a new car. I was, uh, which, which my mom actually, actually paid for uh, and was paying for. And I got my first residential clients, started driving them from house to house to house, offer after offer after offer. Uh, it's about, and it went on for about three months, you know, and every time they thought we, every time we thought we found something and we submitted an offer, we didn't get it. We'd have to go another route. Right. Um, that all for them, all for them to, to, we went to, we went to a listing. It was about three months after me driving them around. Uh, and they ended up knowing the, the real estate agent with the listing. So they pull me aside and they say, Hey, David, you know, I'm sorry. Like we have a previous relationship with this guy. We know you've been working with us, but I think, you know, we really want this house and, and, you know, I think it's best we go with them. And, uh, obviously look, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a jackass, right. I'm a polite guy. So just, just out of nature, you're going to be like, Oh, okay. I understand. Right. Um, and I called my uncle, I called their lender. I said, this is what they did to me. I quit F this click. I went to my uncle. I said, man, I'm, I'm not doing this shit anymore. You know, the, not for me, not for me. There was a guy in my office, in the office building. Um, 
who was selling apartment buildings. And his idea was no listings ever. Off market, off market, off market. He knew me when I was uh, younger and, and he, he's maybe like, you know, he was like maybe five years older than me, six years older than me. So he just saw, you know, me as, as, a, as a family friend, uh, you know, a young kid. And he's like, hey, I need an assistant. You know, I'll, I'll give you 500 bucks a week. Um, you know, on your, on your own time, you could call for deals, uh, when you're not calling for me. And, uh, I think I was making 35% of anything I, I brought in still no license. Right. I would find these deals. Um, my job was to find deals, bring it to him. He would bring the buyer and everything would be under his name and he would just cut me a check on the side. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, second day I, I call uh, a building and and the owner picks up and I hang up just out of fear of cold calling right this is um I remember it like it was yesterday I hang up and and you know like my mom's voice came into my head and, and I'm like that could be the one I pick up the phone I call him right back and make up some bs about how my phone got disconnected uh and my name is David Cohen and xyz and he's like 3.4 don't call me back so okay I go to my boss. Hey, this is what's going on. Boss is like, all right, I'll work on it. 6 p.m. I'm on my way to the gym. Uh, he texts me, congratulations, you have your first deal. Right. Stop. Yes. So it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, I'm screaming in the car like, yes, losing my mind. Uh, you don't have any idea what you've just done. You're like, I don't even know what no, just happened. No idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mind you, right? I, I didn't even, I don't even get to see like anything. My, my job was literally get get a name on a piece of paper, write down the building, the unit number. I mean, how many units it is, where it is, and what the guy told me. And he took it on from there. No, so you're nothing. All I'm thinking is like, man, I'm, I'm going to sell a $3.4 million building. Um, it, was, it was a seamless process. Luckily, you know, the escrow went, went really easy. And it closes. And then... Uh, at the time, at that time, he gets paid. And I think the total commission, uh, I apologize. I said it was 35%. My, 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 my structure with him was 15% of one side because I didn't have a license. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So in comes a hundred grand check. Um, yeah. but he double ended it. So it was 50 and 50. So I, I only get 15% of the 50 grand. Sure. And I get and I get this check and I, you know, which is like a few thousand bucks. And I think I am the man. You know, I think I'm the man. I got like seven, you know, grand, eight grand and one check or whatever it was. And, and I'm riding around and, you know, doing whatever, just thinking I'm the man, you know. Dude, and, uh, you got you got Snoop Dogg playing. You're just like, everything. dude, I'm right. Like, I'm everything. good. Snoop. Yeah. You know, I, I, re I really didn't give a hell about, about anything because I, I thought I was a man, right? But, but then uh, slowly, slowly um, kept showing up, right? Another deal, another deal. I have no license still, right? So, so my grandmother's really pushing me. I'm watching these really, 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 really big checks, but I'm only taking like a fraction of it come in, you know? And... It, it, it just, uh, it start it started to eat at, eat at me, right. Um, started to eat at me slowly, slowly, but I didn't care because every time it was time to take a test, 
I had a deal that I was working on with him and all my focus would just go to that. So I would put off that test for another three months because I just felt I didn't need it. You know, I was okay making the, the you know, 10 grand, uh, you know, eight grand, 20 grand, whatever it was. I was, I was, you know, 23, 22, 23 years old uh, at the time. And again, I was still, I was living with my grandmother at this point. I had moved from my mother's to my grandmother's because uh, my, my mother started to have a hard time making money in, in the, in the mortgage world. So we start, she started bouncing around from, from house to house to house, you know, getting foreclosed on. Um, and, and I ended up, I ended up moving with my grandmother and, and my grandfather and my grandfather um, simply living with them. Uh, you know, but, but I, I would always, I, w- I would leave super early and not come back till late at night because it was just simply nothing to do, sure. simply nothing to do. And I, it was, it was just, uh, you know, it, it may sound, it may sound like it's cool. You know, you're making, making these, these little checks, but, uh, but it was, uh, it was tough because I'm watching like my, my mom struggle, you know, someone who, who make like, you know, six figures every year easily, you know, go down to like making nothing, can't even pay rent, can't even, you know, do her nails or whatever she, you know, whatever women like to do. Um, and, and it just, you know, it start the fire in me slowly, slowly started to build up. Uh, I started, I started doing a few deals and, um, I was in a relationship at the time, right? This, this is, this is, this is my, with my current wife, um, I was in a relationship at the time and, and, uh, fast forward to 2016. Um, I probably have like maybe, I don't know, 10, $15 million in, in volume under my belt. Um, you know, I was, I was dating, dating my wife, uh, for about two years at this point. And she comes to me and it's a Friday morning and I had gone to spin class like six in the morning and my phone is blowing up, literally like blowing up, but I, I can't grab it because you know, you're, you're, you're in the middle of a yeah. class. So I go to my phone and says, Hey, I think I'm pregnant. And I'm like, what, you know, Hey, I, I, I believe I'm pregnant. So I'm like, okay, you know, I went to Rite Aid. Uh, my, my wife, my wife is a very, uh, she's a very, uh, how can I say this? She's uh, be careful, f- frugal. Okay. You know, she, she's just, she's just not a, you know, she, she, she likes it. She like it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, if something's amazing. You know, if two things are are yeah. almost identical, and th- she thinks like she can get away with using this one, and, and this one's ninety nine cents, and this one's, you know, a dollar fifteen, she's going with the ninety nine cents. Um, but, but it, you know, it, it did play a big part in, in grounding me a little bit in, in my life as well, you know? Um, so I went, to, I went to Rite Aid and, 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 you know, bought like those $30 tests and I get home, I give her one positive, give her another one positive. I'm like, oh shit, we're having a baby, you know? And it's really tough. My wife is not Jewish, right? My wife is Hispanic. She's from El Salvador. Um, so for someone like me who was raised in, in, in a Jewish culture, right? Like my, my mother, my mother moved here when she was two years old. So she, you know, she's pretty much as American as it gets, you know, you know, she's Israeli American, but she, she, she was raised here, you know, all her life. Uh, my uncle as well, but my grandmother wasn't right. My, she didn't, she didn't come here until she's like 30 years old from Israel. Um, so, so when you're, when you're, when you're in the Jewish community, right. And you're telling, you're going to tell your, your grandma that, you're marrying a non-Jewish girl. Um, 
and they're they have like that old school you know thoughts shit gets ugly really fast and and i i didn't tell anybody for a little while but uh, i remember when i went to go tell my mom um you know she, she was a bit bothered for for a second uh but obviously you know it clicked it clicks in it's just me and my sister right so mm-hmm. so i'm sure it clicked in hey i'm gonna be a, a grandmother and and it started to ease up but i didn't tell anybody else for a while um and and i i sat down one night and i'm like all right i got i got to do something you know i have to do something number one i have to go get my license number two i got to figure out what the hell i'm going to do i can't just keep you know uh what watching someone taking you know 100 grand 150 grand a check and i'm and i'm taking like a a, a fraction of it you know when i'm when i'm doing the work because as we know now right the hardest part is not bringing the buyer the hardest part is finding the deals mm-hmm. that's really what, what you know what 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 uh that's really what's hard right and and if only if only uh you know a percentage of the billions of 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 junior agents there are around the world can can realize that that you really don't need a senior you know after a certain point in your life um they they you know a lot of a lot more people would be more successful than 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 they are um you know i i get i get i get dms and 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 uh and and many of them on instagram and stuff like that messages just asking me hey what's the quickest way to to you know how how can i what, what do you recommend for a young kid or what's the quickest way to sell these big buildings or or whatever it may be and i tell them look for a few years you know and they want to go do it by themselves but you have you have to start somewhere the best the best advice i can offer someone is find someone who's already doing it that's willing to give you you know a little bit of money to keep you afloat and, and willing to pay you commission learn what you got to do and get out of there right mm-hmm. but everybody these days with you know all these younger kids everybody just wants a shortcut everybody wants to do it you know themselves like uh, i had one 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 guy message me and ask me uh advice and i told him exactly that right and he goes i try i i was on a team and i couldn't stand someone making more money than me right that that was that was his response to me um sorry yeah and and it just you know i i didn't i don't even think i responded i was just like excuse what how do you expect to learn from you know from anyone if you yeah um but uh you know i i i went i studied for the test i got my license um many many years later probably like almost 6 years after i was approved to take the test right i i finally went and got my license um grandmother was ecstatic and and i i started to really put the, put the you know the the pedal to the metal um how old were you I, when you finally got your license i was i was uh 25 years old how are you yeah, how old are you now i am 29 years old i'll be 30 in january So, but so, pre- so four plus years roughly. you've had your you've had your license and yeah I've I've had I've had my 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 real estate license for probably four maybe four and a half years um but pre-license I probably have already like you know 30 40 so, million dollars in a, in volume I want to hit something as we begin to talk about I, your license Absolutely I think uh, you know a lot of investors I've met some of the best ones have been contractors or like they know the aspect of it or cold callers or something like that. You for the longest time have not been stepped out front with the clients for the most part, but you knew the business of it, right? And I I think that does it's not talked about enough. You know, you don't need to swagger. Like I'm a good people person, you're a good people person, so it's there. But 
I would imagine that your level of knowledge to be able to talk the inside out of a deal from all those years of cold calling probably has given you an advantage, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And, and it, it just came from um, just keeping your eyes and ears open, you know, while you're calling. Okay, why is this 150 a door? Why is this 200 a door? You know, just trying to stick your beak anywhere you can to, to, to learn something about, about what you're dealing with. Right. And obviously as I started doing deals, you know, you try to hold hands with your, with your, with your senior broker and, or whoever your boss is and try to like, you know, learn everything you can about the deal. Um, listen, in, 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 in residential real estate, right. When you pull up to someone's house to sell their home, you got to smell like money. You got to look like money got to be driving money. It doesn't matter what you're doing, right? Not until you actually become successful in, 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 com- in commercial real estate or in, in that world, do you realize that real people with money could give a shit what you look like, what you wear, what you, you know, drive, what, whatever, you know, because they don't care. You know, the, some of my billionaire clients, right? Or, or, I mean, these guys are, are in flip flops and board shorts and uh, t-shirts and, and, you know, even though they, some of them, you know, they, they do have to get dressed, but, but aside from that, you know, they're driving Priuses and, and there's no Rolexes or anything like that. You know, no one, it doesn't matter if you're the guy with the deal, anybody will speak to you. Okay. Boom. You just hit it on the head. So let, give me one or two things because I spend my mentors are in GoBundance, which is nothing but millionaires, and I've been around billionaires briefly. But what I'm saying is, what three things? What are they looking for uh, from somebody if you're if you're if you're doing business with them? This is a huge sticking point for me that they've taught me how you approach them, and because these are these are people that are busy, right? So knock out a couple three points of what what they need. Trust is number one. Right. The only way you're going to extract information someone is from someone is if they trust you. That's, that's the only way that, that someone is, is someone of that um, of that status is going to uh, allow you a shot is trust, um, integrity. Um, and lastly, I believe just being yourself, you know, those people can people like that can, can smell when someone is trying too hard or trying to be someone, you know, they're not. Um, there's, there's many times I have done a deal with people I've never in my life thought I would even come across, right. Um, from all different walks of life. And, and I asked them, you know, Hey, why me? And we'll get it. We'll get into the, into that. But, um, and they just said, Hey man, you know, you know, you're, I just felt, I just felt that you, you were yourself, you know, you were honest. Um, even though they, they didn't know me, you know, but so for someone, it's the first time we've ever, we've, we ever spoke or I contacted them or whatever it may be. Um, and, and I just felt like, like, you know, you, you were an honest guy and, and, and that's what wins me deals over these big brokerage houses, these bigger like CBREs and these, yeah. and these Keller Williams, I mean, uh, Marcus and Chap and, and all these, all these bigger, you know, traditional, uh, commercial real estate, uh, brokerages. And I think what's super important is two things I've learned from them is one, do what you say you're going to do when you're going to do it with a speed. The second thing is, is you have to remove friction from their decision. These guys look at decisions all day, right? And so present it. I'm about to do a podcast on this tomorrow. 
present it in the most professional and simple to understand way so they can pull the trigger. When you're handing somebody 30, 60, 80 million dollar deal, we need to know, like I have a friend who's been in marketing for 30 years. He calls it the front of the cereal box. If I have to turn it over, then it's not a deal anymore. I need to know at the front of the cereal box exactly what we're talking about, and then boom, I can move on. Like absolutely, no, it's yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what that's what makes a a, 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 you know that's what separates like the the you know the strong from the weak in the in the in the brokerage world or or whatever you're doing, whether you're wholesaling, you know, real estate or or you're actually brokering, you know, these deals, and uh, that's that's really what separates you know the strong from the weak. Um, And and something I want to touch on with you because. You're the dude. I love this. You're the number one guy that I want to talk to about this because you're in these rooms. So something very interesting. We working with my coach. I had a character in my twenties that we called Tasmanian Devil, and <laughs> he was he was a madman. His energy was infectious, right? Oh, you're gonna love. You're gonna fucking love this shit. But but he his energy was almost too much, right? Like too much to get the big dogs, you know, to be around the big dogs. And my coach. You know when they bring a horse in to like impregnate a horse and there's like a horse they bring in first that calls the teaser horse to get them hard? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's That was me. I was the guy that – and then all the big dogs were doing deals. So what we did is we created a character that was an older version of me that had values and that guy was Clint Eastwood, right? And that guy was deals don't come to him, you know, all these things, right? And this, I know this is metaphysical talking, right? But there is a certain energy – that somebody that's worth 20, 30, a billion dollars that radiates that they can feel right in a room. And you get what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's a certain, those guys that are doing deals like that, there's a certain quasi energy that's, that's emulated in the room that they know who's who they can call it out. They've seen it a million times. That, 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 and, 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 and that's, uh, you know, I feel like you're absolutely right because, I mean, they've been through so much of that, right? That they they can do it on the spot. You know, they yeah. can tell you exactly, okay, this, you know, this guy does this and this guy does that. And, and okay, he's, he could probably do this and he probably can. And chances are they're right. You know, 99.9% of the time they're right because it's just like anything else, right? When, when you're, when you're in that field and you know, uh, you know, your stuff, you know, you can, you can tell anybody anything. You could literally just dick, uh, you know, almost predict like who this person is the moment they walk in the door and you look them in the face. Um, there's a, there's a guy here in Austin. His name's David Osborne. Uh, he's got like 86 revenue streams. He's a, they buy like oh, wow. 200 houses at a time. He's a big, big baller here. Wrote a book called wealth can't wait. He interviews people for, for two months and they go, why? And he goes, cause I'm interviewing somebody that can make, that I'm paying a million dollars. So they make me 10 million. He goes, I'm going to make sure like, I'm not hiring somebody to make me 50 grand. I'm hiring somebody to make a million dollars. And you know, when you're playing on that level, how you present yourself or how you present the deal. And I'm just as guilty of it in my younger days. Like, Oh, I'm so excited about this deal. it's like, dude, let's slow down. Let's make sure that we have all the details necessary that that evolve in a deal and then we can, then we can present it. Cause you only, you might only get one chance. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You know, and I, what I've realized is as, as you tap into like, when I, when I, when I, and we'll get, we'll get into this, but how, uh, when, when I started selling the bigger stuff, um, 
it's only one chance. You only got one chance. These they don't have they, these people don't even have time for you to for you to you know fuck up. That's it. They they, they just don't. And so, and they they deal with so many people and, and you know every day and so many people are calling them at you know it's it's not like uh you know and a, a girlfriend or or a friend where you you can you can mess up and you hey man I'm sorry you know okay you know what I'll give you another shot because they don't know you you know they don't know you they could care less and and trust me they they probably got way better things to do with their time than talk to me on the phone um, at, at that, you know, when you first, when you first start. And we're going to dip into your story, but I want to hit this very important point. But all you need is the one chance to get through. And so what, what, yeah. we have multifamily is a game of showing that you can close. And baby, when you close, price points remove themselves because that's when you get deals. Am I not right? You are absolutely correct. And with that being said, uh, my wife's pregnant, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I'm telling myself, you know, what the fuck am I going to do? And I thought to myself, hey, everybody is calling the regular regular stuff. Everybody's cold calling the regular stuff. The only people that are calling the big dogs are the big, big brokers. Right. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like IPA, Institutional Property Advisors, or if, okay. So, insta- IPA is basically the Navy SEALs of Marcus Millichap, right? It's like the top dog. Any, any institutional size building that is listed, probably anywhere in the country, um, you know, it's pretty much listed by these guys. It's, it's literally a, instant, IPA stands for Institutional Property Advisors. And, and they're literally the Navy SEALs of, of the Marcus Millichap, right? Um, so, so, so they, they list these buildings and just by nature, when you're an institutional company, you pretty much have to list it right when it's time to sell, you, you don't have a choice because, um, it's not your money, it's pensions funds, you know, stocks and, and, and all these, all these other things. So, so just respectfully, it has to go to market and be widely marketed and, 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 you know, try to try to get to everybody in the world. Um, so I had that idea. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try call. Someone's got to give me a shot. Someone, you know? Um, and, and as I, I gave it some more thought, I started to, to, you know, to cold call these buildings. Um, but, but I couldn't get through to anybody because I, it was only receptionists and managers and, and things like that. And obviously these gatekeepers are trained to shun you away from, you know, from talking to whoever can make a decision. You know, they, they, it's, that's their job, right? You call and say, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm trying to reach, uh, you know, David Cohen about his building. It's like not for sale, click. And to get through these people, it was really hard. So I started to build an outside of the box approach, uh, which is what my business is now, right? Um, and, I, and I thought to myself, look, you know, these people are not answering their phone. I can't get through to them. But but what what is one thing that I don't, Every single billionaire, trillionaire, millionaire, whatever, CEO of every company, what, what is one thing they all do and they all have in common? They all check their emails. Everybody checks their email, right? It, it doesn't matter if they may not respond, right? But, but if you're if, Mark Cuban, Zuckerberg, it doesn't matter, right? I'm sure if you, can, if you can find a correct email address, a personal or whatever it may be to someone, you know, they're at least who the hell is this guy and throwing it to the trash, right? Or whatever it may be. But every single person checks their email. Um, every successful business person. Um, so I, uh, 
I started emailing these people instead of cold calling. I started doing my research and, and finding finding email addresses for these for these big sharks and uh, and and putting my pitch in an email. Uh, I started to develop a thing for less is more. Right, I'm a big believer in less is more, and I went from Hey Austin, my name is David Cohen with Keller Williams Commercial, and I uh, calling about your building on XYZ. Is there a price in mind? I went from that to just Austin. Is there a price in mind that would get you to sell the building? Now, by nature, you know if you're if you're some successful you know business owner and, and you own a bunch of real estate and someone sends you a message like that, your first reaction is going to be like, who the hell is this guy? You know what I mean? Uh, but the, but what I started to realize is that does not sound like a cold call, you know, or, or, or like a, like a, like I'm trying to sell them something. Right. I simply want to know. And then, and then they realize like who, you know, they, I would get responses like, who are you? Or sometimes I would get responses of just a flat out price. So there was a building in, 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 uh, there was a building in Burbank, California. Now Burbank is in Los, Los Angeles County, right? But it's, and it's, it's connected to the San Fernando Valley, but it's got its own rules, its own uh, everything. Now, in Los Angeles County at the time, anything built before 1979 is considered rent control, right? Um, in Burbank, it didn't matter. Everything was non-rent control because the city of Burbank was different. And I remember emailing this guy and uh, he was actually a councilman in Burbank, and and he he had this this uh, 146 unit property um, right next to Disney Studios, prime, 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 prime. Um, and I asked, I, I offered him like 28 million bucks. I said, Hey, uh, would you consider selling this for 28 million dollars? And I'll never forget it. He he responds to me, and he goes, uh, Are you out of your mind? He's like, You're offering me a property. You're offering me 28 million dollars. For, for a building that uh, has zero vacancies and is this and that. And I, you know, it was on the cusp of Toluca Lake, which is like the end of the San Fernando Valley and, and Burbank. So I told him, look, with all due respect, um, you know, it's, it's a rent control building. And then he responds, oh, that's, that's where you're wrong, my friend. It's actually in Burbank, not in Toluca Lake. So, but the building was called the village at Toluca Lake. Uh, so he says that, and then it's dot, dot, dot. I might, I might consider 68 million, right? I go everywhere trying to find a buyer. Now, now it's my first time trying to find someone to pay that kind of price for, for a building, right? So I know I just can't call my regular guys who, 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 uh, who I've created relationships with. Um, but I ended up, I ended up calling, calling a, uh, a, a big institution. Um, and I told them, I, I was just straight up with them. You know, I just told them, hey, look, you don't know me. I don't know you. But but I have a deal that might be of interest to you. Uh, who who's the best person you know I can speak with, or who's the best person to speak to? Who handles acquisitions in in Los Angeles? And they put me in touch with someone, and uh, I was talking to him, and uh, he's like, "Look, I can probably get to like fifty five million, right?" So I'm like, "Okay." Guy disappears, disappears on me for for two weeks. Owner is asking me, "Hey, what's up with that offer?" You know, I'm sure he he started to think I was bullshitting him. Um, and, and they disappeared. So now I have to go find another buyer. And I, I have like a matter of days before he tells me probably go F yourself, or he probably was already thinking of that in his mind, you know? Um, but, but I did, I, I called another institution. And I told him, Hey, this is my situation. I got a guy waiting for an offer. My, my buyer disappeared. They looked at the number and they're like, Hey, we can do 59 million and we can cover your fee. 
So I'm thinking, man, it's bigger than what I had. But 59 is still far away from 68. Uh, they ended up sending me an LOI. I sent it to the man. It, my thing is, you know, I, I try to teach my callers and my juniors, you know, my thing is, uh, as long as, as long as be happy, if it's a no, I mean, if they didn't say no, I'm sorry. Right. As, as, lo- as long, it doesn't matter what they say, as long as they didn't say no, the door is still open this much. Right. Um, so I sent it and he didn't say, no, he said, I'll review it. I said, okay. A week goes by. Hey, what's going on? You know, with the offer, did you take a look at it? Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about it turns into, we're going to bring it up in our board meeting turns into, okay, let's, let's open escrow. Um, so I did. Um, yeah. I, Dude, are you, was, hold on. I gotta, I gotta clarify something. Are yeah. you telling me this was your first deal as an agent? As a real, no, no, agent? Th- no, no. Oh, as a licensed agent. Yes. Stop. Your first as deal as a licensed agent was 59 fucking million. Oh, yeah. $59 million. What are you thinking? You, you don't even know what the fuck's going on. Do you? You're just like, I'm just going to ride this one out. Or have you know? Or, or let me ask you a question: Had you done so many deals like this with your boss that you felt so comfortable in it? So, yes and no, right? I closed a bunch of deals already. Under like I at this point, b- before the day I got my license, I'm probably I got like forty million in volume under my belt, right? Uh, that that deals that I brought in. Aside from that, he did. He was doing like a fifty-five million dollar deal um, that he had closed. So so I had watched all that. But, but I didn't know. I just thought to myself, it's the same shit. It's the same, you know, at, at this point, like the, it's the same thing. The guy's either going to tell me yes or no. And we're going to go through due diligence and they're either going to get, you know, contingencies are either going to get removed and I'll be all right or they're not, you know, and, and that's it. And my shot is gone. Um, that's just what I was thinking. How, how, how much different can it be? But what, what really helped me out, what really helped me out is Instead of being the middleman between these two big guys, I thought to myself, look, my only shot at this is if I can get them together and I can just step back. Mm-hmm. And they were open to it, right? A lot of times a client, a smart, a smart seller or owner is going to tell you no, right? Because they want you to be the channel of, you know, the yeah. open channel. God forbid mm-hmm. anything goes wrong, straight to you as the broker, mm-hmm. right? Um, but these guys were open. And I, 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 you know, the day we opened escrow, I created an email chain, uh, a chain, and I, I CC'd both of them. And I said, Mr. Owner, here's Mr. Seller. Um, you know, the, the, the seller was familiar with the company that was buying it because obviously it's a, it's a, it's a nationally held company. Um, anything you guys need, go ahead and, and email it. And they were super fine with that. So, so I would be CC'd pretty much in, in the whole deal, and it would just go back and forth you know, it w- between them. So anytime, whatever due diligence were needed, you know, they would ask for it. Or if they needed to get in to do some inspections, they would just shoot and the guy would respond. And, and I, I realized that um, it also made me realize that when you're doing these bigger deals with two big, uh, two bigger dogs, right? It, it goes a lot smoother mm-hmm. because, because if you can just put them together, um, if they're open to it, you know, that, that line of communication is going to be so much easier. So when he told me, he told me that, uh, you know, he told me he's okay with it. You know, we went on and it, it was, it was, uh, I'm not going to say it was easy. It was easy, you know, because there was, there was a few hurdles, nothing crazy, 
Um, but yeah, the deal ended up closing. The, the, the deal ended up closing. It was my first deal with, with the, with, you know, an actual license. You had, you had a broker. I, I, it was me and someone else, but at this point we're just, we're like 50, 50 business partners. Um, so, I had worked my, I mean, I don't be embarrassed or don't, I don't give a shit. How much was the commission? 600 grand. One, one point. One point. And, but that's, you see, you see people, people ask me all the time, right. In messages. Um, do you still make two to 3% or, or do you know, all, people, they have that idea in their head. Right. And, and I tell them, look, every deal is different, right? Of course. Sometimes, sometimes you'd be lucky. You're, look, if you're, if you're selling 50, 60, hundred million dollar buildings, you'd be, chances are you're not even going to make 1%, right? Chances yeah, are you'd be, you'd be lucky to like make a half a percent, yeah. maybe even a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, they, they paid one point, they paid one point and, and, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, t- we'll talk about on the back half of that, but I want to dissect this real quick, just cause I'm yeah. a mind, I'm a mindset coach. Absolutely. What the, what the fuck are you telling yourself when that check hits your bank account? Um, cause it didn't feel real until the check hit the bank account. Yeah. It, you know, it, you know, when it felt real a few days before the check hit the bank account, it felt, it felt real because obviously when you're dealing with institutions, right. What people don't, they think like, okay, you got a big deal in escrow with, with an institution or something. That's it. They don't understand that even after contingencies are removed, even after all that, then they go to a board and they say, okay, are we approving this? Or are we not approving this? Right? Like a, maybe like a week before you're supposed to close or whatever. Um, and, and I got a call and he's like, Hey, you know, we're going to approve this deal. That's when it felt real. That's when, you know, the phone clicked and, and the emotions start going and, and, you know, you kind of take a step back and you're like, is this supposed to happen to me? Like, what the hell? You know, who, who, I'm just a fucking, you know, kid from the Valley, you know, like, am I supposed to be selling $60 million deal? Like, this is unbelievable. I didn't know what to feel. Right. I didn't know what to feel. And then, and then, uh, then when you get paid, it's it even, you know, the feeling even, even brightens even more. So I would imagine that all of a sudden you, it's like, I'm about to use the worst reference ever, but all of a sudden you got your glasses off, your braces off, and you're hitting the promenade on the red carpet. And all of a sudden I would imagine people are like, who the hell is this guy that locked in this deal? Cause they're writing about that deal. Right in the papers and stuff yeah so 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 that deal was the was like the the blew the doors off right that was that was the one that that opened uh that allowed me to do everything i do today you know it's the re it's it's that's the reason why you know i i have this outside of the box business why i um you, you know i got a call after after it came out in the papers and all these things and the deal was off market right and the guy was a big councilman and the owner was a big councilman so i th- my phone starts ringing with these other institutions and they're like who the fuck are you and how the fuck did you do that now only after having conversations with a few of these guys did i realize fuck i pulled the rug from under like so many uh institutions and so many big brokers feet 
you know, literally like swiped it because these guys are calling me and say, how the hell did you do that? We've been working on it for this long and for that long and with this big guy and that big broker. Um, and uh, how do you get us, how do we get you to bring us those deals first before, before you bring, before you bring, uh, you know, whoever you talk to. Now I pretended like I got all these clients, right. But, but they don't know, like it was only, it was like a one-off, one-off thing, you know? And, and, uh, and they just appreciated that I, again, that I'm not your average commercial real estate broker. When I say that, I, I, I mean, you know, no disrespect to, 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 you know, the CVRE and the Marcus and Millichap guys, but uh, I am not in a suit and tie every day. Got plenty of suits that hang in my office. They go on when, when they need to go on. But as soon as I come back in here, they come off, you know, um, I, I'm just not that guy. You know, they looked at me literally as like a, like a street hustler that, that can bring them buildings. Right. I, 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 I didn't finish, um, you know, like really go through any, any crazy education or, or anything like that. Um, you know, and, and I wasn't working at these big companies. So, so for them to see someone doing deals like that at a Keller Williams, you know, uh, now mind you, even though it's the biggest brokerage in the world, it's, it's big because it's residential, right? It's a, that's what, what people know Keller Williams for, not for commercial real estate in Austin. I know, I know, you know, people know KW commercial because it's, it was, it was founded in Austin, Texas. You know what I mean? But, but in other places, in other States, especially in California, Keller Williams commercial, it wasn't anything special. You know, so they, they saw that and they're, you know, that was their thing. How, how do you start to bring us deals? Um, and, and, and that's what really, you know, that's what really blew the doors off my business because I ended up learning that I stepped on a ton of brokers toes, you know, and a ton of big, big companies toes. So I started to, to think to myself, Hey, what if I asked these big groups to give me actual, to give me actual, uh, criteria, you know, Hey, this is what we buy. This is where we buy. I can make a business of specifically looking for stuff for these guys, sure. literally. Um, and I did slowly, slowly. I, I just started calling and, and, and doing stuff like that um, and, and hunting these actual buildings. And now I have a very outside of the box approach to commercial real estate. My business is extremely outside of the box. It's, it's more, more cold emailing than cold calling, as I mentioned, just due to the people that I'm dealing with. Um, while my cold callers are calling, you know, the bread and butter, you know, the smaller stuff that let's say we sell every day, um, it, it allowed me time to focus on the, on the bigger stuff. And I started to become the, the drug dealer of selling. So, so in properties. essence, so in essence, are, are you a wholesaler of large scale multifamily basically? I mean, I, I, I guess you can say that. Yeah. But instead of, but I don't like to call myself a wholesaler of course. because, you know, they, uh, because I'm actually a broker, you know, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm, I'm in, it's not like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting people together as like a wholesaler and they're getting a deal, you know, a you're, check you're an off market specialist. To yeah, trade properties. exactly. Exactly. If you, if you look at my signature, it, it literally says off market specialist. So, so after the $59 million deal, how much real estate do you think you've closed uh, in that short amount of time since then? Uh, that how much probably like here. probably like a couple a couple billion. Oh, you got them all. Uh, after that one came this one. Which one you is that? The one? price on that one. Uh, where's it at? Uh, holy bananas! Get out of here! Seriously, hundred and thirty-two million. That was that. Yeah, no, no, you see, it's like 
as I started to build that, you know, as I told you, like when I started to build this outside of the box business, um, started, I was like, dude, the, the sky's the limit. But I never told myself, hey, I just sold a $60 million building. I got, how do I sell a bigger building? That was never my focus, right? So my you, focus was so just, you were you were living in your process and your systems, not in your results. Exact, exactly. I was just like, I continue to call these things just like they gave me a shot. There's other people that are going to give me a shot. But at this point, I got somewhat of a name, right? I got somewhat of a buzz. I made some noise. Um, I actually got the, the deal, the $60 million deal, got like crazy recognition and awards in, in California. Um, so, you know, I started to build a bit, a bit of, a, of a buzz myself, for myself. And, but I was only selling real estate in Southern California. Sure. Uh, the guy that bought the deal from me, the, 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 the acquisitions guy, right? A spot opened up in the Bay up North. Um, and he was actually from there. You know, he, he, he lives there and he was actually from there. He was, he was raised there. So when that guy got fired, you know, he, he, he was like, a lot of his family was there. So, so they took him and they put him up there. So now we got this relationship and he's up there and he's like, Hey, this is, this is my situation now. How do we sell some deals out there? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start looking for deals out there. Um, and I did. And I, I started doing deals in the Bay. Um, and slowly, you know, slowly, slowly do, doing, you know, another deal, another deal, another deal. And, and I'm starting to build these relationships with other, other institutions. And they're telling me exactly what they buy. And, and, you know, some of them are like, hey, we buy in Seattle. We buy in Nashville. We buy in Texas. We buy in Colorado. And, I, and, and, and now I sell deals all over the country. Okay. You know, literally all, all over the country. Um, you know, primarily the, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't sell, I don't sell any like, uh, you know, like if, if I'm going to do a deal outside of the country, it's got to be a hundred plus. It's got to be worth, worth some time. You know what I mean? Um, because I'm not, I, to go learn, you know, like small pockets and small markets of, of, you know, mom and pop stuff in, in sure. other, in other States, it's, it's going to be, it's time consuming. It's going to be tough because I'm not there to physically see it. You know, um, versus versus being uh, versus somewhere Seattle. I'm very familiar with um, Nashville. I'm, I'm you know I'm very familiar with and and like Las Vegas and places like that because I can get there quickly, right? Te uh, Texas, I go to all the time because Keller Williams is is obviously it was founded in Texas and fa family reunion and stuff like that. I'm I'm, I'm in, te in Texas once a year. Um, what I, I think is interesting, and this is what I wanted to ask you about because I didn't yeah. know much about you. Um, I see that you're pretty new to Instagram, uh, newish, or, or, or like at least giving a crap about it lately, for sure. Um, you were, if I'm not mistaken, you're doing a lot of this stuff without social media exposure. You were just kind of working, right? And is it, is, or am I wrong? Or were you doing it under a no, different no. name or like? No, no, I've, I've, you know, it, it's not that I, that I was new to, to like Instagram or anything. I just, uh. You were just working. I just never cared. Yeah, I, yeah. I just never cared, you know. And 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 again, just being myself, um, you know, I would just post a picture and 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 or whatever it may be, you know, and, and people would engage, especially, you know, and, and they would see these things. I don't know what it what it I can't tell you what it is about me. Um, well, well you know? what what I like about you and and the little bit I know, but I'm very good at reading people. Um, you've done those big deals, but I don't see any ego about it. I mean, yeah, you're excited, right? Like, like, Hey dude, when we're by ourselves, like 
hey man, I fucking sold a $130 million property. Like that's a big deal. I'm happy for you. That's fucking awesome. But I feel like you're, maybe I'm wrong or not. I feel like your life is taking on a different meaning now because the expectations of what you thought was possible have exceeded that so much that you're, you're happy to show the way to other people. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, you know, with, with Instagram itself, it was just like, uh, you know, just, just being myself and, 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 uh, and just, you know, just posting what I want. And so people started to engage only now do I take it a little bit more seriously because I realize all the untapped income and potential and, and, and stuff that can come from it. And just people that, I mean, that you can what, help. What happened last night? I mean, we just met like a month ago and now, exactly. you, you know, and now you have a phone call with a guy who's got a fund, you know, like exactly. that's like, boom, you know, and I, and now that you say you work in Nashville, I got a guy for you to meet in Austin and a guy for you to meet in Nashville. So we're good. You see, and that wouldn't, I would not, we would never even, we would never even, you know, say a word to each other if I didn't have Instagram or, if, yeah. you know, and anything like that. And, and look, you can, you can take a look at like, uh, people I follow, right? Mm-hmm. Dude. Not, oh my God, me. bro. I'm a hundred percent. And what I think is interesting and, and we're going to talk offline in this cause I don't want to share all the good stuff, but I have a network that's insane. Like I know people I've traveled around the world. Like I've worked in ho- high end restaurants, yeah. hotels. I have had the hardest time monetizing my network. Like, you know, that's my thing is like, I'm trying to figure out like, okay, like I put a lot of people together, like, but I, but I'm not getting a part of the deal. And, and now I'm at a point where like, I want to make sure that like all this 20 years, 21 years. So, you know, maybe there's something there. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? See, like I, a, I, I, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, and, and, I'm not saying that this has anything to do with our relationship, right? But sure. but I, I was the guy who fucking worked for everything, you know, and did all the work and made, you know, the crumbs and what, you know. So if when someone br- brings me an opportunity like you brought me, should I get a check? It's 50-50. You know, there is no, like, if it, if it, if the relationship came from you, you know, you may not even know about it and you you'll walk you know, in your mailbox, have a check in it from me. Like that's just what I do. Right. When yeah. I bring on people to call for me, if you got a license, it's 50, 50, you know, no, I don't give a fuck if, if all you did was make a phone call and, and bring me the lead and it turned into a deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what makes people, that's what keeps people going. That's what keeps people. Uh, that's what makes people want to go get it. Right. Who, who the hell, you know, wants to go get it uh, and, and put in, you know, the work if, if, they'll do it once or twice and then they'll realize like, Hey, what the fuck am I doing? hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, and I want to respect, cause I know you have a doctor appointment, but what I want to talk about this is my, one of my favorite things, especially to do with where you are now. Uh, first of all, uh, you're, you're, you're a dumbass for not getting your license sooner, but that's okay. It took a baby. To my get grandma, you. my grandmother says the same thing. I wish you guys could talk to each other. <laughs> I love your grandma. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, but what I had, okay, look, you don't know a lot about me, but, but I was a meth addict and I was homeless and I lived in a closet and I was an alcoholic for 20 years. And everybody goes, man, you know, I've lost 70 pounds, like all these things, right? Like, you know, you should have figured it out sooner. And I'm like, no, because I'm exactly where I should have been, right? Where I should have been because I have walked through all that because I was strong enough. And now I can go out and help people 
get out of their own way. Right. And what I love was coaching and all that stuff like that. And it's all a stepping stone. I've worked in private equity and so on and so on. So if you were to sit down with, with, uh, I didn't give a shit, David at 17 and 18, a lot of my audience are young. A lot of the people I coaches are younger, just getting started out. Mm-hmm. What would you, what would you tell him, uh, that, you know, now as you're sitting here, having done these ridiculous deals, what would you, what would you tell him? Uh, oh man. Um, Number one would have been get your license, <laughs> but no, and I'll do honesty. Um, just, you know, don't rush it. You know, just cause, just cause you see people winning and, and on Instagram and in, in other places, you know, or whatever, uh, to, you know, just do your thing. If you, if you kick the door enough, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna go down. You know, as long as you have, uh, as long as you're a good person, you got faith, it's going to work out. But, but I don't mean like faith, like, you know, you got it for while things are going good. And then one thing goes wrong. You're like, fuck, man, you know, what, what am I going to do? Like, you really need to stick it out. And, and, and I would tell David, I would make David understand that when people tell you everything happens in due time, it's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Everything happens when it needs to, um, you know, old, old David was just influenced by things around him. You know what I mean? Oh, how the fuck do I, do I, uh, do I get like him or how, how do I make, you know, he's making a bunch of money or he's driving that car. Or he's doing that just, just to, to, to show off for uh, at the end of the day, people who really are not going to give a, a shit about you should, should something happen to you. You know what I mean? Uh, per, none of that matters. I, I would literally, I would literally tell the young person, you know, just, just hang, hang out with, with people, with more knowledgeable people that, that are, that are professionals and whatever you're, you're trying to get into. Right. Because that's, what's really going to, going to mold you and, and change you. And what happens is you take what you learn, right. And you'll put your own twist on it. And, and everybody you meet that that's successful and that's doing something, you're going to put your own twist on things and, and, uh, and, and, you know, just, it'll happen in due time. You, I never in my life thought I would sell a $59 million building. I never in my life thought I would, I would sell $130 million building. Um, you're going to laugh at me, Austin, but ask me if I've ever seen the $130 million building in person. Ask me if I've ever met the seller in ever, never, never met the seller, never even, never even fucking been to San Jose to, to, to sell, you know, but, uh, but none of that matters, you know, as long as you, as long as you work hard and, and, and you have faith, man, you know, you'll, 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 you know what's it'll somehow, some way it'll work out. You know what's interesting about people? As I dive farther into personal development, as I coach people, I realize something about humans, and I and I think it's something that's 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 glazed over too too often. You know what we need really more than anything else? The opportunity. Absolutely. When people get disenfranchised and they lose passion, it's because they don't have the opportunity to expand more. That's true. You know, because, because you could dude, motherfucker, dude, I'm a dude. My dad is a very well-known dentist in Texas. I grew up mm-hmm. next to Kevin Garnett on a country club. And then, and then fast forward a year later, I'm sleeping in 25 square feet strung out on methamphetamines working, laying bricks for 70 hours a week thinking to myself, what the fuck is going on with my life? But here's the great thing. I always had the opportunity to turn it around. It doesn't matter how bad you messed it up. It doesn't matter if you're 50 or 60. But when we take away the opportunity, we take away the fight. And so, That's, you know, people, 
people, you know, people just need a shot, you know, someone who, whether it be someone who's willing to give them a shot and look that, you know, um, if we go full circle, the person who brought me into the business, we own apartment buildings together now, mm-hmm. you know, um, never knew that would happen. And don't, ever. and don't, and don't, this is I'm me talking to my younger self. Mm-hmm. Don't you fucking ever burn bridges. You have no idea oh. what somebody's going to come back around. That's, that's another thing, right. With, with the guy, the guy that hired me that I met, you know, that same night at my uncle's uh, birthday party, when I had, when he had fired me, I never burned a bridge with him. Mm-hmm. I never did. And, you know, fast forward to today, not only do we, do we sell buildings, we, uh, we, uh, you know, we own apartments together and he's, he actually this year, he's probably 52. He just up and moved his family to Austin from Cal- from Los Angeles. No kidding. Yeah. Everybody, him, his dog, his wife, his two kids, their furniture, cars, everything. Austin, he, and he swears it's, it's the quality of life is the best thing ever. He's got, got me wanted. If I didn't have a stepdaughter, Right. That, 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 um, Hey, if I didn't have a step, hey. obviously that goes back to, you know, to her dad, uh, on, cause she goes every other weekend. Yeah. And so obviously you can't just, so, you know, up and take her. Well, I, I tell you what, David, I really wish you knew somebody that specializes in, uh, vacation rentals at a, at the large scale. I, oh, wait, that guy's me. So you can, <laughs> uh, you can, uh, have an asset here and visit when you want to, and it can make money when you're away. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, see, I didn't even know that about you. So that's awesome. Yeah. This is what we do. We do, uh, we're only focused on million dollar and up and we do, we're looking at shipping container properties with hotels and then, uh, teepees and stuff like that. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that offline, but you know, it's one of those things where what I, my theory I have, and we'll finish here with this. I meet a lot of 21 year olds, 24 year olds that have, uh, you know, 180 units or 300 units. And I have a theory that the reason that they're successful is because they don't know any better. That's true though. I feel, I feel that's correct. I almost feel like part of the reason that you were successful is you were like, you know what? I mean, fuck it. Like we're just going to give it a shot and then boom, it happened. And then here we are. Right. And I think there's something to be said for, for, for naiveness. Absolutely. You know, it's, the, the the most dangerous and and I when I say dangerous I don't mean in a bad term I mean in a good term right it is is just you know someone who 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 doesn't know anybody who 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 who, who hasn't experienced you know failure or or I mean who's experienced failure but never never experienced you know winning to that extent where you know what do you got to lose you know you know you 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 failed so much and have been through so much shit in your life that you, what's the fucking worst that can happen you go broken you try again yeah. you know or, or or whatever it may be well, you know well well i think of it this way and i mean this wholeheartedly this is not an ego thing this is just my belief in what people that i respect believe that i was put on this earth to be a coach i, I fucking love helping people i'm dipping my toe in the recovery space which is hard for me because I don't like the way that recovery is done. So I'm trying a different way. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship and get them excited. But my question to you is as simple as this. If you found what you're born to do, what's the alternative? It's not like I'm going to go back and be a perfume salesman at Abercrombie. Like, dude, it might take 10 years, but I guarantee you that during those 10 years, I'm going to feel happier in what I'm doing because I wake up every day with a purpose instead of, instead of smashing our head up against the wall to do something that we absolutely fucking 
can't stand. It's just not, it's exactly. not acceptable. It's not acceptable because it's just going to, it's going to erode you from the inside out. You see, and, and that's a, it, it's a, it's an, it's, it's people like you, right. That, that these kids, that these younger generation is, is lucky to have because I mean, otherwise, you know, do you, if they do you know, do you know what it's like? I mean, I'm dead serious. Cause my client this morning, do you know what it's like to talk to somebody that's OD'd on heroin three times no, at the age, not. at the, no, no, no. But what I'm saying at the age of 23, motherfucker, he is so, oh, that's young. he is so, dude, I got my clients been in rehab. It started at 15. Do you know what, how excited he is to go do real estate? That motherfucker is like a goddamn tiger that's been cupped up in a cage, and you think you're gonna outwork him? <laughs> no, that's why I love to do business with recovery people and people from the military because the option to go the other way doesn't exist. Like it's like just we're just gonna go, and you don't stand a chance. And what I try to tell people is as simple as this: my why, my big why is to lift up everybody around me. So tell me when I can be done. You I'll wait. do that every day. Also. I'll wait. So I'm running an infinite sum game. You don't fucking stand a chance against me. That's why I got so much energy. Do you know that I haven't eaten in 70 hours? This is the longest fast of my life. I've got podcasts. I'm doing 75 hard. But I'm so excited about what I'm doing. I don't care. Like... Because I because my purpose is bigger than a than buying an apartment complex, right? And what I think is, I think that Mr. Cohen here is maybe not now, but but soon is going to create a school for kids that don't go to college or different, right? That are going to be a soldiers of that mentality, right? And you're going to get so much more fulfillment out of that than even closing the $130 million deal. That's where people have it twisted, right? You know, and, and like, I don't know if that's ever crossed your mind, but it, I see it. So it's, it's, it's something I am trying to figure out how to put together as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because, because I think you're like me. So I have a photographic memory and school was easy to me and I didn't find enjoyment from it. And I felt like from 16 to 17, I got... I really got like lost and in I realized that when I meet these great entrepreneurs or these people that are successful in business, their 12 year olds or 13 year olds have businesses. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Like this is great stuff. So that's kind of where I want to lead most of my time. You know, most of my years is spending time teaching young kids. You know, it's, it's exactly what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, currently trying trying to figure out because I just think to myself, you know, like I think about my story and I just think to myself, like, who can't I help? You know what I mean? And I, I get countless messages on Instagram, especially now that I'm more engaged, right. And engaging with people. Um, I get the most random messages from people all over the country. Just, you know, Hey, I'm inspired by the deals that you do. You know, if you have time, you know, how do we get on a call, whatever. And, and, and I tell them all, you know, I find time to, to talk to them for a few minutes. You know what I mean? Versus versus some jackass being like, oh, fuck, you pay me, pay me this much before I hop on a call with you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Now, eventually, look, you, don't, you, 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 you're giving away all these keys, right? I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, um, you know, certain people pay you for your coaching. You don't, you don't just, you know, give it away for free, all of it at least. But, um, 
but that's how you, that's how you, that's how you, you know, slowly, slowly build it. So, um, I started off like a few weeks ago and I didn't have one again, but it was random on a Thursday. I just asked, uh, I just put, put like this thing and I said, I'll be hosting a zoom, you know, on Thursday and we're just going to talk real estate and you guys can ask me whatever. And, you know, I ended up having like 40 people on it. Yeah. Nothing like a night before I put, you know, so I thought to myself, like, if I just scale this thing and, 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 you know, think about it and imagine all the endless people I can help. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 29 years old, right? Um, not only, not only do I own real estate, um, I got two kids, right? Uh, A seven year old and a two year old. I'm married. I've been married for, for almost six years. Um, you know, I, I, I do these big deals. I run a company. I, I have the biggest real estate sale and, and, you know, Keller Williams history. Um, and, and I, and I really made something out of nothing, you know, lit- literally, like it, it literally made something out of nothing. And, and there is so many people that are sitting there and being like, uh, you know, maybe I want to do this, but I'm afraid, you know what I mean? Or, or I want to do, I don't know anybody. I wasn't born into a real estate family. I don't have anybody that can teach me about real estate or, or, uh, or how, you know, whatever it may be, how to sell big deals or how to sell a deal regardless, you know? Um, so, so I'm working on that because, because at the end of the day, giving, you know, if, if, if you can, if you can bring somebody out of a struggle, me, me watching, you know, someone who, 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 who's used to making $0 all of a sudden go to making six figures just because I, I gave them a few pointers and it works. It would mean more to me than selling any, any, any million dollar building or whatever the hell it may be. Well, this is officially the longest podcast I've ever done, but it's totally worth it. I love it. We could talk for seven hours, but you got to take care of some stuff. So if they were to contact you and find you, how would they go about doing that? Um, Well, on Instagram, it's uh, the David Cohen and then the digit one. Um, you can find me there. You can, you know, you can email me dcohen at kwcommercial.com. Um, and yeah, man, I, I you know, I'm, I, I don't pick and choose who I respond to, right? I, I, I'm open to everybody. It, it is, it, it's, uh, life's too short to be a jackass, you know? 100%. It really is. Guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends. If you didn't get something from this, well, then you should stop listening to podcasts. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's, so true. I'm sending this to all my coaching clients the moment that we get done. Dude, I appreciate you, my brother, and we'll see you next time, guys. My pleasure, man. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.